0: Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the 21st day of January and this is the year of our Lord 2022. This is a great opportunity, an opportunity to review one year of Joe Biden since this is exactly one year and one day since his inauguration. Coincidentally, this week was the first press conference of the new year for the president, I confess. I did not watch the presser. I did not watch it live, that is, as I was at work, but I did see the replay. It left me a little depressed that the president appears to be delusional. That is, if he actually believes what he said he believes. What about his first year, though? Did he have any successes that we can talk about? The question of what is his greatest asset is an easy one to answer because his greatest asset for the last year and even for the year Preceding that, during his campaign, has been that he is not Donald Trump. That's not an asset for the 74 million Trump voters, obviously, but for those in the extreme left of the Democrat base, it's an asset. The harder question to answer is whether it still is an asset. My answer, based mostly on gut feeling or instinct, is no, it's not. Joe is doing well, though doing well in his eyes, at least, as he expressed in last Wednesday's press conference. Everything is just fine, according to the president. Everything's changing. It's getting better, the president said. If you take a look at what we've been able to do, we made enormous progress. If you don't see it that way, well, it's probably because there are just a lot of things you don't understand. The polls confirm that the American people overwhelmingly agree with his policies and all those polls that show otherwise, well, he just doesn't believe them, he said. I won't call those answers delusional because politicians commonly are so narcissistic they simply cannot come to grips with their own failure. But the polls this morning are dangerously close to the 20s as far as approval rating goes. The president believes he has made enormous progress, he said, but he failed miserably to achieve his chief goal which was to heal the divisions caused by four years of Donald Trump and to unify the country. The real Joe Biden keeps getting in the way of all this unity, the one that compares Republicans who disagree with this voting rights bill with Bull Connor, the one who repeatedly lies about being arrested at a civil rights march with Martin Luther King, when he was, in fact, on the other side of most of those issues. He doesn't see soaring crime rates, soaring inflation as problems, needing attention at the presidential level. Joe just wants to keep helping working people like he's always done. He says he's not Bernie Sanders. He's not a socialist. He just wants to help working people. I'm a mainstream Democrat, he said. Everything he said, seems to have two effects with each one scarier than the one before. Is he really the mainstream of the Democrat Party? If so, it spells disaster for that party because despite what the president believes or says he believes, less than one-third of the people actually approve of his performance so far. Most people can see that the enormous progress he bragged about includes the worst inflation in 40 years. Every time... Someone goes to the grocery store or gas station. They see his progress. Each trip, families give up one more item they used to enjoy because it's not there anymore, and if it was, they couldn't afford it. The supply chain disruption issues, it seems, were easy to cause, but very difficult to fix, and there is no progress in sight, enormous or otherwise. What about the enormous progress he made in Afghanistan? I mean... We can all see that, can't we? We are—we're all out of there. I'll give him that. But the way he handled those left behind was so callous. The old Joe Biden was very evident. He was exposed as the not-so-grandfatherly, cold, incompetent that he apparently is. The people left behind, to the military's disapproval, are still there. Apparently, under the tender mercies of the Taliban. What about the most? almost $100 billion of high-tech weapons left for distribution all over the world to our enemies. What about that, Mr. President? As he tanked the economy, you can judge for yourself, he seems intent on trying to fix the economic problems he causes by giving away billions of dollars simply created out of thin air, then added to the debt to fight the rising cost of meat claims those evil large meat packers and sends one billion dollars to small meat packers so they can charge less. So far, the price of hamburger keeps going up. If he thought that would actually work, then he probably is delusional. To fight the rising cost of fuel, he doesn't find the pump more fuel. Instead, he releases oil from the strategic reserve. A tried and proven failure by many previous Democrats. They want more oil. And lower prices but those on the left don't so they try something that fails every time in an attempt to please everyone he pleases no one one thing is obvious and that is he believes in masks or at least he believes in requiring other people to wear masks. i suppose he thinks that the reason there is so much resistance to them is that people just can't afford them so he sends out 400 million masks for free to be distributed through various approved pharmacies the same thing for 500 million home tests for the virus that he sent out. My insurance company sent me a letter telling me to go to Walmart Pharmacy to get a free home test, courtesy of the president. Chaos at the border. Or is that too strong a word? No, no, I don't think so, folks. Chaos seems mild, if anything, when one looks at the horrible conditions. Thousands of migrants streaming across the border each month being bused all over the country. No one seems to know or care If the newcomers have COVID or any other disease, for that matter, no vaccine, no mask requirements for them. The ironic thing is how many borders the U.S. government actually controls or seeks to control around the world. Mr. Biden is quite adamant in his determination to control the border between Russia and Ukraine. The president insists that no more Russians can set foot in Ukraine than are already there. He told Vladimir Putin that the response would be substantial if he invades Ukraine, but in the next breath, he admitted that an invasion will probably happen and there is very little he can do about it. That line, that little bit of offhand honesty caused dismay in Ukraine from the reports coming out yesterday and today. Someone must have explained to the president that it was rather disastrous to admit the truth. Thursday, he corrected and talked about the horrible things that would happen to Russia if their troops set foot in Ukraine. That'll teach him to slip up. Tell the truth, folks. What sanctions could he impose on Russia that has not already been imposed? He could sanction Mr. Putin personally and cut off his international banking privileges, but that would probably involve ending diplomatic relations with Russia. I don't think he wants to do that. There is absolutely no valid reason why Mr. Putin could not be assured that NATO has no interest in Ukraine and the U.S. missiles will not be stationed there. It is now inconceivable that NATO could admit Ukraine. That is simply no longer a possibility. So why not assure Mr. Putin of that? Ego, perhaps. International bragging rights, maybe. Just the continued illusion of being emperor of the world when the Reagan-Gorbachev agreement ended the Soviet Union. That empire was dead broke from the efforts to maintain and defend its 16 colonies as well as the effort of competing with the U.S. military. Reagan took advantage of that weakness and offered a carrot to Gorbachev and ended the Cold War. Mr. Biden, on the other hand, seems more interested in starting a new Cold War with the roles reversed. It seems lost on him that if the Soviets had the world's reserve currency They would still have their 16 colonies and the Berlin Wall as well. Mr. Biden is not the first emperor to threaten Russia, of course. And to use a British phrase, the last two emperors to do so came a cropper. Napoleon entered Russia at the head of a grand army of 680,000 men, but only 26,000 ever made it back to France alive. Three years later, Napoleon was exiled to Elba. 130 years after Napoleon. Memories had faded. A new empire rose in Europe. Adolf Hitler sent 3 million men and 3,000 tanks into Russia. Most either died there or became prisoners of war and died there. Three years later, the would-be emperor had blown his brains out and the Russians burned the Reichstag. Could we make a deal with Russia that would benefit both countries? Absolutely, but will we know? Probably not under this president. I don't think so, because that would involve an admission that this is not a unipolar world any longer. And at that point, it would humiliate Mr. Biden. How the U.S. handles the issue with Russia is similar to the issue with inflation. Those who make decisions and order the buttons pushed to create money can stop pushing the buttons and curtail inflation, or they can lie about it naturally. They lie, because that's what... Those drunk with power do. They lie in order to keep power, in order to make other people do what they want. The issue with Russia could be resolved with a simple deal that practically exists already, but it's better to just make some pretentious lie to appear to be strong. I see many opportunities that present themselves from which the country could be at least partially unified and at least some of the pressure could be released from the pressure cooker. But he normally not only does the wrong thing, he also does the opposite of the right thing. For example, in Atlanta the other day during the speech on the voting rights bill, he could have extended the hand to the 74 million voters who chose someone other than him, but instead he gave them a symbolic middle finger by comparing them all with segregationists such as Bull Connor essentially. He said, vote for my bill, support my bill, or you are Bull Connor. One final issue where the president could perhaps achieve some unity and extend a hand is the issue of the proper role of parents in the education of their children. The president could create unity, calm some unease, perhaps help himself politically if he could just define the role of parents differently than the other members of his party. The denial of parental rights and the education of their children has already caused a long Democrat state, which is Virginia, to elect a Republican governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and shift the majority control of their legislature rather than continuing to call those parents racist, segregationists, Why not address their concerns and perhaps some of the problems could be solved? Maybe an honest approach would save at least a few of the Democrat House and Senate. From the massacre expected this fall The midterm elections are still 10 months away. A lot of things can happen before then. A lot of things could change the results, of course. What about war with Russia? What about that, for example? That would throw the political balance into disarray, wouldn't it? But even Joe Biden is not that callous, folks, is he? In conclusion, we have talked about the worst poll numbers in history after the first year of a presidency, but what does the president think about his first year? He admits we have problems. He admits that families are suffering, so he will create some money and send it to them, which, of course, will make it worse. When asked about his vice president, her assignment of the border, she was assigned to the border, you remember. He said, first of all, she will be my running mate. I did give her the assignment. She's doing a good job, he said. Perhaps that does indicate some dementia, but at least it means he's delusional. I'm glad he likes the vice president because no one else seems to. She can use a friend. She doesn't have many in the American public. Finally, folks, it's been a bad month for the president, a very bad year for the country and for the chief executive. Let's pray he does not start a nuclear war or turn our economy into Argentina. That country, Argentina, often called the most European country outside Europe its currency. The peso cannot be used for international payments, so it must use the dollar. Therefore, it cannot inflate away its debt, as can the United States. Argentina, that's another way of dealing with its debt. However, it just doesn't pay. Occasional default is an Argentine tradition, but not an American one, not yet at least. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle.